Are you ready? Wrestling fans, welcome to another edition of the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Media Junkies. My name is Jason Hummel. I am the host of the show. I have my two buddies with me. We got our historian, Kevin Weekly, and we have our snarkitech, Michael Gresser. How are you guys doing today? Great. Cricket, sorry. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> awesome. All right, good to hear it. Mike just got off work, so he's trying to get caught up on eating and, um, you know, get in it. Yeah. We, we like to catch him when he's in a pissy mood, though, because it makes him even more snarky. Yeah, he's hangry, yeah. as I call it. <laughs> Hang, as the kids call it these days. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you've never listened to us before, uh, this is a Gimmick Mate Wrestling Podcast. We kind of break up the show a little bit into a few different categories. We talk about some hot takes. Uh, we talk about uh, top gimmicks that we have going on in the world of WWE and wrestling in general. Some hot storylines, and we give out an award for the match of the week and tweet of the week from a WWE superstar or a wrestler, maybe AEW, somebody in wrestling that uh, makes it that has a tweet that makes us laugh or just as overall good. And uh, then we kind of close it out. So kind of, we just talk a little bit about wrestling, what's going on, our take on it, what we feel. So you can definitely interact with the show. We have a, a lovely Twitter handle and also an Instagram page at live your gimmick. That's L I V your gimmick. So please tweet at us, give us some feedback. You can also leave us a review on Apple podcasts. You, you can subscribe, share with all of your friends, anybody that you know, that's a wrestling fan <laughs> that likes to hear the other opinions of wrestling fans share the show with them. And uh, let's, let's try to build an audience. And, and build a uh, build a bit of a following here. So we need your help to do that. So let's uh, let's let's uh, get started. Everybody ready? Always. All right. Oh, yeah. Fish. All right. So we like to, <laughs> we like to start the show out with the hot takes. So I, I, the hot takes is just kind of a segment where you know I actually came up with a couple of different things, and then Kevin has one that he wants to talk about as well. So basically, we just kind of put something out there, then we discuss it. So my first hot take this week actually kind of comes from – I was listening to another podcast. I was listening to an interview with Drew McIntyre. And in that, Mac, in that interview, Drew McIntyre talks about how he's given a script from WWE, and he goes out there, and he's not going to always say what is on the script. Uh, he even talked about that, uh, that moment with Heath Slater where – you know, they a lot of that that interaction between them was a little bit ad libbed. He basically says, "Hey, they hand me the script, and I look at it, and I'm going to find a way to fit in how my character would sound into that script." And it just kind of gave me this feeling, and it was kind of the feeling that I got when I was listening to John Moxley or the former Dean Ambrose talk to Chris Jericho. I kind of feel like he's a bit of a whiny bitch because. Really, if you have Drew McIntyre, who's at this point not even where Dean Ambrose was in his career, and you have other superstars that have said this in the past that, yeah, you know, you get the script and you get these writers and they have these things and stuff like that. But 
not nearly the complaints. Like, is this was this just kind of him on the way out, just maybe making things worse? Or I, I don't know. I just it just seems more and more like other guys are figuring it out and other guys are doing it without having to run to 15 different places just to get the script changed. So it doesn't say something he doesn't want to say. If there's something in the script you don't want to say, just don't fucking say it. Just say something different or say something that fits your character, because once you're live with a microphone, what are they going to do about it? Well, probably nothing at the moment, but. There's yeah. always repercussions, yeah. Like, yeah, repercussions. once you're behind that curtain back in the gorilla, Vinnie Mac ain't going to just be like, bravo, he's going to be a little pissed off if you don't do things his way. If what he, but if there, there's no there's no repercussion for Drew McIntyre, he's not saying exactly so, what is so, said so on the script. Drew McIntyre's like whole thing that people called him before he uh, left WWE the first time. He was the chosen, the chosen one. one. Yeah. He was Vince's boy. All these people who are saying this is how it is are people who are so over not only with the crowd but also with hold Vince. On. Hold on, hold that... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you? Did you? Okay, he was the chosen one when he came into WWE the first time. He was not at all when he left. He was a part of 3MB and he was fired with Jinder Mahal. He yeah, fell and now way he's out back of from that. And they put him through NXT and developed this character and. Vince still was in love with the idea of him because Vince has a weird fetish for tall dudes and he's in a much better position than he was when with the failed chosen one gimmick. He wanted to go to NXT though. That was that he talked to triple H and said, I want to come back to NXT. He wanted to reestablish his character there before he went to WWE because he didn't want to be associated with that old character. Even then, though, like it depends on your position with Vince. If Vince likes you and respects you, then you're going to get away with a lot more. Where Vince never really like did much with Dean Ambrose to begin with. Like even when the Shield split up, you had Roman Reigns, who Vince was so far up his ass that you could see him t- like in the back of his mouth when he talked, and you had Seth Rollins, who was positioned to then be Mr. Money in the Bank and part of the authority and all this other. What did they do with Dean Ambrose? They threw him aside and put him on the mid card and at some point didn't, I think they gave him the US title again or the Intercontinental title. I don't, they did nothing of importance with him. Like If you have guys like that who don't get the same treatment from Vince, they don't they are able to go and ab lib and do whatever they want and change things. They have to be more precautious because yeah, what's he going to do? Cut your mic or or whatever, but once you get off the air, that's open rain. He can punish you, fine you, suspend you, bitch you out. Like, it's his company. He can do whatever he wants to you. All right, I'm going to blow that out of the water here in a second, but Kevin, what's your take on that? (laughs) Well, I mean, is your point, like, you think, like, Moxley's just saying this out of spite? Yeah, or... yeah. Honestly, I think I think he I think he was frustrated because he didn't feel like he was getting his creative voice out there. But my my thing is, I think he spent too much time worrying about it rather than just doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, the guy's probably just he's probably he could have. I mean, it could be a real frustration. I don't know if he's maybe just saying it to say it or whatever. I mean, it could have been how it really happens i guess you know none of us really know right and... yeah none of us are really there i mean we can speculate all we want but 
it just seems like more the more I'm hearing from other people and the more, you know, guys like Seth Rollins have kind of started to speak out a little bit. And now like hearing this from Drew McIntyre, it just seems like it's more sour grapes than anything rather than like this conspiracy. The only way we really know is if like, let's say this happened to Drew McIntyre and this, or this happened to Seth Rollins and they're done with the company Will they would they come out and what would they say? You know, what I mean, yeah. I think maybe would they change the their tune? The fact that yeah, they're like in the company and especially Seth's, you know, one of their main champions and Drew, even though you know he's had a push, but not you know, like you and I are talking like he had this had this build up, but like yeah, he's been still kind of like losing. You know what I'm saying? But like maybe it's it's easier for them to say like. Oh, well, you know, what the fuck are you complaining about? Because you're on the payroll. So I guess until, like, maybe one of them decides to leave or something or come out or whatever, it's hard to say, like... I, I I I can agree with you there, but Drew did leave, and he didn't have a bad thing to say, and he built himself back up to a point where he felt like he could come back and make a big difference. So he didn't have anything he, when he left he put it on himself he said look i didn't do what i was supposed to do i got into this i got into my head that i was this chosen one i waited for things to happen for me instead of going out and making them happen now i'm back and i'm making them happen myself because i learned a lot he said that he um he said the undertaker uh, at times would tell him stop going out there and playing wrestler because he just and he didn't understand what that meant but now that he's matured and he's grown up a little bit, he actually understands like what he meant by that now. And yeah, and and, I, and, to, and Mike, and real quick, just because I don't want to forget about it, Mike, Dean Ambrose did nothing when he broke up from the Shield. Dude was Intercontinental Champion multiple times, and he was WWE Champion for a, uh, for a, a, a couple And let's go through well. how memorable either of those were. He was a mid card title champion at time when the mid card titles no one gave a shit about. And he was a world champion. Basically, just they put it on him. And yeah, some of the fans like really liked him, but it wasn't like they didn't do anything spectacular like with him. He had a good. Like, ri- he big- had a really. He had a really good rivalry with Miz over the Intercontinental Championship when Miz was actually making that relevant again. And yeah, he was WWE champion during. He was actually WWE. He won the WWE Championship when they started the brand split. So that was actually really huge because but, he he took over the brand split as champion. But that doesn't really. Know. I don't really know how, like, you know, McIntyre, maybe McIntyre was treated differently by higher-ups than maybe Ambrose was. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, that's all speculation. Like, I don't know. You don't, we don't know. We weren't there. Like, so maybe his first time there wasn't a horrible experience. Maybe Ambrose's was legit what he's talking about. You know what I mean? I'm trying, I'm trying to be. Here's the best example. So the, the one guy who's no longer with the company, who was notorious for going off script and kind of rearranging things and doing things his own way, also confirmed that this is how it was done. He just didn't care. And that was CM Punk. He would fucking get the script, say it was shit, tell the writers they're fucking stupid, rearrange it to what he wanted and go do it. But because he was making Vince McMahon fuck tons of money, Vince let him get away with it. They'd still argue, but... At the end of the day, Punk got his way because money was going into Vince's pocket. But Dean he got, didn't he got make a bunch of money versus like via merchandise for Vince, like Punk did. 
but he also got his way because he was getting it over. He, he, what he was doing, he was making money because what he was doing was working. So that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah. And, and that's the, that's the whole point that I'm trying to make is he, he wanted to do it his way, but then when he would eventually lose the fight, he would just go along with whatever the writers were saying. My point is if he really thinks it his way or what he's going to do is better there, there's evidence to suggest that if he would have just gone and done it, if it really was better, they would let him keep doing it because it would make the company money and they wouldn't have to worry about it. That's 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 my thing. Like, I feel like he's the type of person and, and, you know, this is me not knowing him as a person or anything like that. But I feel like he's almost the type of person that would rather complain about it and like blame somebody else for him not getting to where he wanted to be rather than just taking that risk and actually going out and doing it. There's one thing to talk about it. And there's another, that's a, it's a completely different thing to actually like basically put your balls on the table and go do it. CM Punk put his balls on the table and he went and did it. John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, he would fight and fight and fight and then eventually give in. He didn't, he didn't just put his foot down and say, no, I'm going to go do this and say what I want to say and do what I want to do what I want to do because I know it's going to get get me over. That, At the same time, though, Punk didn't put his balls on the table until three weeks before he was leaving the company. Okay, Ambrose so he was on his way out the door, Ambrose and so he didn't have anything to lose. They could be like, "You're fired. We're going to change the main event." Blah blah blah, and he'd be like, "Cool, I didn't sign a new contract." whatever i'll go do something else for a living so ambrose, ambrose had the same ambrose had the exact same opportunity how long did he say how long was it in between when he said i'm not resigning my contract and they kept putting him on tv he had millions of opportunities to do that and he didn't but at that point so he was so my done he didn't want to be in the company anymore there's well, a difference but, between but, punk but, being but again, like i want to air my grievances on live fucking television and just lay my dick out on the table and a dude being done with it and being given fucking gimmicks where he's supposed to wear a gas mask and say cheesy ass lines that they was said back in WrestleMania one. Okay. But again, if he felt like that wasn't going to be good for his character, then he should have done something differently. And then saw if it got over because at that point he already knew he was leaving. So what, like to your point, he had nothing to lose. I think we got a t- I think we got a title for our show. It's called Punk's Dick Out on the Table. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. All right, so we'll, we'll put we'll put a pin in that because I feel like we won't get anything else done in the show if we keep talking about this. So, Kevin, you had a you had a, a hot take. Do you want to share with everybody what that is? Yeah, I was thinking of something about as far as the Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins. Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch situation. And I almost honestly thought possibly this would be the end of the feuds come sun this past Sunday's stomping grounds. But then as we saw on Raw, now we have the mixed tag match, all titles on the line. And when I was watching Raw and I first saw it, I was kind of scorning it, but then I kind of realized I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. Now, do I think that Corbin and Evans are going to win? No. And I know a lot of people shit on Corbin and they shit on Evans. But really, and Mike, what do you think? Are there really any other heels ready to take them on at the moment? So I'm kind of intrigued by this match. Um, Not really. Like most of their like guys who are like really good at being heels, they've either converted into this like weird like middle ground where they're like over with the fans, but they're still not quite a good guy. 
or they just have lost them or just aren't using them, but there's not really any good heels in the company that are like to a point where I want to see them in the title. Like the only, aside from like Samoa Joe and I mean, Corbin, I hate him to death, but he's a fucking fantastic heel. That's what I was saying to Jason earlier. I was like, God, I, nobody hates Baron Corbin probably more than me, but like with it being a work, that's pretty good because I really legitly hate this guy. <laughs> so, and even Lacey Evans, you know, she she's still pretty green in the ring, but I think she does a pretty good job. And I was actually, when she came out as a special guest referee, I was like, huh, I kind of almost like halfway like marked out pop for it. I was like, all right, I think Rollins is obviously still going to win, but I thought the storyline of it and Michael Cole getting all pissy and upset and just with everything i thought i thought they did a pretty good job of it so i'm intrigued by what i'm intrigued by the match is okay where are they gonna go from here now yeah the other thing i don't like about it is i feel like it's it's the fact that they're taking their real life relationship and turning it into a storyline i feel like like really that's what you have to do here of all of yeah. them yeah. Yeah, I it's, agree. It's, it, it is it is kind of uh, but at the same time i kind of get why they're doing it because they need that they almost need that that top couple that void that john cena and nikki bella kind of left you know they they have you know two of their top stars are in a relationship i can kind of see why they'd want to exploit that but they also <clears throat> from what i understand they they really they left it up to those two to do it. They didn't force mm-hmm. them into it. They just said, Hey, here's our idea. Do you want to do it? And, and kind of went with it. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there really aren't too many established heels. And I, I take that back. There are some established heels. McIntyre is, but he's got his thing going on right now. Samoa Joe is. And, you know, Dolph Ziggler, I think, is a pretty good established heel. But, and I, I was kind of, you know, I was listening to a, another podcast I, I won't say the person's name but we all know who he is because he's a he's a shill for wwe but you know i was listening i was listening to him talk and he was he was like i don't like how seth rollins is hitting everybody with a chair and you know he's, he's, he's beating, beating him with the chairs and that, that's just that's a heel seth rollins that's a despicable thing for seth rollins to do meanwhile Jason, meanwhile Jason, you, you became really jewish yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah. meanwhile you have kofi kingston and he's fighting all the evil people that are going up against him. And Kofi Kingston is a is a babyface champion. Okay, yeah, that's cool. But they're both babyface champions, but they can't be the same fucking champion on both shows. It, way, it would be too repetitive. Our, ladies and gentlemen, our new host of the show, Jason Goldsmith. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But but do you get what I'm saying though? You can't have yeah. the same type of champion on both shows. You have to have some differences there. So while you have guys like Samoa Joe just randomly attacking Kofi and instantly making Kofi like Kofi can get that sympathy. Seth can't get that sympathy right now. Like he's just not that guy. So you need to do something different with each champion. You can't just have the same rinse and repeat storyline because that's what everybody was bitching about before. Oh, Raw and SmackDown are the same show. Well, now let's make them different shows or we're going to bitch about that too. So I, I, I'm old. Yeah, I, I guess my only problem, my only problem with Rollins has been is he's been kind of a, a, bit, a little bit of a whiny. He's been a kind of a whiny bitch of a champion. Yeah, I mean that's kind of his. He, I think it's his voice more than anything. He just comes yeah. across like a whiny bitch. Well, he's just he's just very he just kind of he kind of just contradicts himself. Like 
gets pissed at Lesnar for not cashing in, yet he held the money in the bank for a year and cashed right. it on Lesnar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got so... it. So and the, the, you're, you're you're making you're actually making some of the same points that the that the person that I was just imitating was making before. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. All right. So the other hot take that I I wanted to talk about a little bit was I feel like in today's wrestling we really need some more kayfabe. Like, I, I, we'll talk a little bit about it with the 24-7 championship in the, in the top gimmicks segment of the show. But I hated the fact that, okay, so Drake, we, we all saw what happened with the Drake Maverick wedding thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely hated the fact that somebody put out a story soon after that. Well, oh, don't worry, Drake, you know, this was all planned out and he pitched this idea and they shot this after the actual wedding. So it wasn't a part of the real wedding ceremony. Like, I don't need to know that. I want to know that this guy got rolled up while he was walking down the aisle with his wife. And now his wife hates him and wants a divorce. Like, I love that one. I got sympathy. Either I'm going to get sympathy for Drake Maverick. Cause Oh, poor Drake. You know, he just wanted to win a championship and you know, now he's, now he's in the doghouse. or I could just be like, I don't give a shit about that, but that's pretty damn funny. But now I got to be like, Oh, it didn't really happen. You know, let's, I just fucking hate that. Like there's no, God, there's like no, there's no curtain anymore when it comes to wrestling. And yeah, I like the whole peek behind the curtain and, and some aspects of it. And I, I like when they incorporate real life stuff into it. But at the same time, there are certain things that I feel like they just really, it really could be left unsaid. What do you guys think? <laughs> uh, well, I 100% agree. Yeah, I do too. And that's what sucks is that it's, I don't think KFA will ever be back really. Like, I mean, they do keep some things super, super secret, but the lengths they have to go to to do it, like, has to be, like, frustrating. And, yeah, it, it definitely it, – it's, it's a lot different when we were eight, nine years old and watching it and or even, you know, 15, 16 years old. And then probably about the time, you know, maybe, Jason, when you and I were high school, that's when it, a lot of stuff started coming out. Yeah and, yeah, and you know, you start seeing the shows like, oh, secret, secrets of pro wrestling. This is how they blade, and this is how they, and it's like it's intriguing. But then you're like, well, I didn't really want to know that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it takes a it's little. Like bit Santa Claus isn't real, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already know, you know that it's scripted, you know that it's fake, but there are just certain things like you want to suspend. Like when you're watching a TV show, right? You know that entire TV show is scripted you know everything in it is fake like the special effects are completely fake but it's done in such a way that you suspend your disbelief a little bit right so like you're you're taking yourself away from it and i feel like in wrestling you can't do that anymore because everything's just put out there now there are a couple exceptions don't get me wrong and and going back to the the interview i listened to with drew mcintyre he almost said as much as well like he said that uh you know, there's certain guys that, you know, he'll have a match with somebody and after that match, you know, he'll he'll see or oh, man, I'm trying to think of a good example that he used. But, he you know, he had a, a match with with so and so like a, like let's let's say it's somebody that um, that he grew up watching like a Bret Hart or something like that, like hypothetically. Right. He has a match with Bret Hart. He said, the one thing I'm definitely not doing is I'm not going on Twitter after the match and tweeting out a picture of the two of us saying, oh, such an honor to fight one of my heroes today. 
Because when you do that, you're basically making yourself seem less than that person. So, like, you, yeah. you have to, like, build yourself up. Like, you have to make yourself seem better than the people that came before you. Yeah, and that, that's a hard thing that people maybe, you know, listen to us. Probably like, well, just don't read the internet. Well, I mean, listen. <laughs> it's right there it's, for it's, your face. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to do that. You know what I'm saying? But it's, like, it's almost to the point where, like, yeah, you're watching a TV show. You're watching, a, you know the last episode of Breaking Bad and you're trying to predict it yourself and then it's like, oh shit, this really happened or yeah, I did get it right. That's like how we want to feel about wrestling but it's almost impossible to. Oh yeah, because even like the biggest surprises like when the Hardys came back at Mania that was rumored for like fucking days in advance. When AJ showed up at the Rumble that was rumored for like the entire weekend and week leading up to it. Like everything anymore like they don't there's no way for them to keep things like a hundred percent secret to the point where nothing like makes it out like oh so-and-so's in this town was spotted in the the airport and it just happens that their contracts up or whatever it's it's just like impossible to really yeah or or then like they're spotted but like they don't show up you know Mm -hmm. so it's like you're what the fuck (laughs) right yeah absolutely that's the thing like when i went to um fast lane when it was up in cleveland so I'm standing in line, and this guy is like, oh, yeah, the Undertaker's coming back tonight. You got all these people coming back, and blah, blah, blah. You got this happening, this happening, this happening, and literally none of it happened. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, like, if I'm this guy and my expectation is set way up here, like, I know this is going to happen because I read it on the Internet and sources said this and that, and then that shit doesn't happen. Like, I'm thinking, oh, this show sucked. When really the show didn't suck, you're just setting your expectations really high because you're believing what you're reading instead of just enjoying what you're seeing. Isn't that the funniest thing, though? Sometimes, like, you or me or you, Mike, like, we can all sit here and think, like, we're probably just as big as wrestling marks as anybody. But sometimes you get around other wrestling fans, you're just like, what the fuck? Right. Like, <laughs> but, then, but then you wonder, like, if they hear us talking. Yeah. Is yeah, that what I sound like? People listen to the show oh are like, well, you, you guys are just as bad. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are what? Yeah, like, because Jason and I used to go to, uh, like, a BW3s all the time, Mike. You're mm-hmm. to watch pay-per-views. And there was always these one group, this one group of people. And this one guy, the biggest Kurt Angle fan ever. Let's go, Kurt. Remember? Let's go, Kurt. Like, yeah. he would sing, like, every, like, entrance music and everything. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And Jason would be sitting there and be like, is that what we're fucking like? <laughs> <laughs> like, my God. No, no, we're not that bad. Remember that one dude? Uh, it was Shawn Michaels' first match back against Triple H, that street fight. And oh, SummerSlam, yeah. when he, he went outside, and when Shawn Michaels' music hit, he oh, came yeah, back yeah. inside wearing the gloves and the hat, doing the little dance, and like, oh, yeah. did the whole pose and everything like in the he- middle of the restaurant. He like, oh my god, that's fantastic! No, he, he went, yeah, he went like to the entrance <clears throat> of BW3. Yeah, and he was looking at the screen. He was waiting for Shawn Michaels to come out, and then all of a sudden, as Shawn Michaels' music hit, he he came. He, I think, he might have been he, he probably a bigger HBK mark than Jason. Probably, he, yeah. He came. I mean, <laughs> glasses, impressive. everything was doing the entrance, everything, and I, Jason and I were just sitting there like it was funny. It was yeah. awesome, but we're like, what the fuck, really? Like, oh my god. That one, that one guy who was a big Kurt Angle mark. Yeah, he was the biggest tool bag I ever. 
and like I said, I would just sit there and be like, "Oh my god, like this this is like our people." <laughs> it was funny too because we would go to get tickets to like Raw and stuff like that back when before the internet was really you know in every household. You would go to like the ticket office or Ticketmaster to get the tickets, yeah. and like these same guys would be in line to buy tickets. And they'd be like camped out from the night before. Kevin and I would roll up at like seven in the morning, and they'd be like, "Get better seats, yeah, get better seats." Oh man! All right, so yeah, basically, uh, yeah, Let, let's try to sprinkle a little bit of kayfabe into our lives, please. All right, so let's move on to some top gimmicks, and this is going to be kind of a rehash, so we'll go through it kind of quick. But, but the first thing I want to ask you: Have you guys seen Matt Hardy's new gimmick? Does he have a new gimmick? Because I thought he was just going back and like pretending to be a part of the Hardy Boys with only half the Hardy Boys. He he was for a minute, and he he was at first he was going to go through all of his gimmicks in like a, a progression. But now what it seems like he's doing is he's taking to social media and filming these like two or three minute videos complaining about how hard it is to be Matt Hardy. He always has his hair pulled back in a ponytail, and he just goes on a rant about something that doesn't go well, and then he's just like, it's just so hard to be Matt Hardy. Oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> that guy, he, he is so... He's so freaking brilliant. Like, I, it's I, not I even would, funny. I, I would, I would almost suggest watch him though before you really start talking about I, how brilliant. I, he is, but... well, <laughs> are they horrible? Or I, I don't know. Like, I just think it's weird. I, I, I guess you know. It... I get no. My, I guess my take on that is like, without even watching it, like even if it's good or bad or whatever, the fact that he's just. He he evolves so much oh, with his and characters. I, I give him credit. Yeah, he's always trying to reinvent himself for sure. Yeah, I, that's just uh, kind of like like a Jericho. You know, what I mean, like just all his from you know Hardy Boys to Version One to Big Money Matt to Broken Matt and then whatever he's doing now. I mean, to it's so I, hard being Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I honestly I think some of his most underrated stuff is the Big Money Matt stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of that from TNA. Nope. Um, but just, just, I mean, the broken, the broken Matt Hardy stuff in TNA. I suggest anybody out there go on YouTube and watch the, from start to finish. Broken Matt Hardy and TNA, greatest stuff you ever see. It is good stuff. I have gone through and watched it, and it it, it is really entertaining. I wish he would have had more of that in WWE than what he did. Uh, when he called Shelton Benjamin Senior Benjamin on Raw the other day, though, I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 no, it was on SmackDown. It was on SmackDown. He comes out of Baron Corbin's office, and Shelton Benjamin's waiting to go in to talk to Baron Corbin, and he's like, Senior Benjamin? <laughs> I forget exactly okay. what he said, but I was just laughing so hard after he called him that that I didn't hear anything else. Oh, my God. The part the part in the series of The Broken Matt, when he when he gets a amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good shit uh, I also I also liked it when he would go into his uh, he has some really weird animals on his property but he would like go into the kangaroos cage and box with it and call it smoking Joe Frazier like that was that's some good stuff too <laughs> alright so uh, the other thing you know we, we've kind of been keeping tabs on this but somebody finally knocked on Alistair Black's door he cut another really passionate promo about how nobody's come to find him yet and he's been sitting here waiting 
which, you know, we just, you know, have, have suggested maybe he should just leave the room and go find somebody himself. But finally, he got a knock on the door. Now, we don't know who knocked. It could have just been somebody looking for the bathroom. We're really not sure. <laughs> Buddy Murphy tweeted, knock, knock. So maybe it was Buddy Murphy. Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I, I hope this isn't all leading up to Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black because, you know, Buddy Murphy's already had a rough enough year by getting dumped by Alexa Bliss. I really, yeah. don't, I really, I really don't think he needs to get his ass handed to him by Alistair Black as well. But, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I mean, the worst part of this entire story is what if that means that, like, Alistair's been hiding in the closet at 205 Live this entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. He's, he's been sweating. He's been sweating off the weight. <laughs> so hot in there. He's sweating it off. Trying he's to been eating down. because you know he's just locked in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm I'm suddenly I'm suddenly I'm feeling I'm suddenly feeling like Alistair Black is going to turn into like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. Oh my god, that'd be the greatest <laughs> parody ever. No, I'm going with what Mike said. Two or five lives been knocking. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, the 24 seven championship. Uh, we talked a little bit about that, so we won't get too into detail. But I did love the whole wedding bit. Uh, I, I did hate that people kind of ruined the gimmick. I thought it was really well done on Raw and SmackDown. We got some pretty decent matches out of it as well, like kind of little small matches. But we got, um, you know, so what we had like four or five title changes on Raw and Smack, SmackDown. Five on, five on Raw. I thought the Raw segment was good. Yeah. Um, you know, when I I texted Jason as soon as our truth called Drake Maverick Hornswoggle. Yeah. <laughs> It just, I just popped for that. It was hilarious. Um, I guess my here's my only maybe you guys can get your opinions on it. Maybe the only downfall of the twenty four seven championship is why would you want to be the twenty four seven championship? When what I'm saying is when our truth says things like how it's like ruining his life and Drake Maverick basically like it ruined his marriage. Right. So <laughs> there's no upside really to is it. There, is there is there really an upside to the twenty four seven championship? Well, I mean you get your uh your weekly credit to being on T V paycheck, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. When, but, when you have to pay a divorce that, lawyer, you at least have a little extra money. Yeah, but that's yeah. yeah I guess that's the only thing. Yeah. Did you guys see what? Did you guys see the backstage interaction between uh, Mella, Truth, and Maverick on SmackDown? No. Okay. So first of all, Mella is in the in the back, and Truth crawls out from a like a hockey barrier, like that he was hiding behind. And he gets up, and then Maverick comes over, and he's like, hey, I don't have a referee. And then he, like, gives the whole sob story about what happened at his wedding. And he's like, he's like, Truth, why'd you have to do it? It was my wedding day. Why couldn't you have waited? Blah, blah, blah. So finally, our truth was like, you know what, Drake? I didn't realize that this title was so important to you. If it's that important to you, man, fine. Just bring a referee over here. And you know it's it, it's fine. Come on, co- go ahead. He's like, really? So Drake goes over and gets a referee, and he comes back, and he's like, okay. And Truth is like, nah, man, I ain't giving up my title to you. I was just messing with you, and like he's like just totally, <laughs> totally clowned him. And uh, Drake just kind of fell over in a heap of uh, his own tears but and like, the drowning line, the, in his tears the line of the week might have been when he said he didn't consummate the marriage oh yeah. and our truth our truth said 
<laughs> we just need to eat more fiber. Yeah. <laughs> You're constipated. I believe there was a consummation chant going too. That was. <laughs> and I think was, and I hope they're leading to. So you know, we talked about how we like how Archer is kind of like the cornerstone of the title, but the fact that maybe Drake Maverick's almost like if if Truth is one, then Drake Maverick's like one A. Yeah, because. It's getting really good, you know. Everybody's kind of seeing like how good like Drake Maverick is, like on the mic and whatnot. So I think this is getting really good exposure for him. I was kind of so. excited on Raw because I thought he was actually going to get a match because the dude can wrestle, mm-hmm. but they haven't let him do that yet. I mean, he got squashed very quickly, but yeah, yeah, that, that was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the top gimmick, it once again is Firefly Funhouse, and you might ask oh my why God, is yes. Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> Because Firefly Funhouse did not air. There was not a Firefly Funhouse segment on Raw. But Firefly Funhouse took over Raw without you really knowing it. <laughs> so there's two different ones that we know about. So, Kevin, you, you texted me about Abby the Witch creeping behind the Miz as he was walking out to the ring. So I didn't notice that or see it or anything like that. But you sent you sent that screenshot. And then I happened to see online that if you look closely behind Kofi Kingston, Mercy the Buzzard was actually in the background while Kofi was putting pancakes into his title belt. So uh, the Firefly Funhouse is starting to spill into the real Raw universe. Did, did Was there any other ones that we might have missed? Or have you guys seen anything else? Those are the only two I saw. Yeah, I think those are the only two. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious now. So now that Bray is no longer in the Funhouse and they've spilled onto Raw, how long is it going to be until we see him? Is it going to be Extreme Rules? Do you think he'll show up beforehand? I guess really, I don't really care. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, um, it's been so good. Like it's just, I think the anticipation continuing to build is just going to make it more and more worth it. Yeah, I'm, I'm even. I'm even fine with maybe just a few more weeks of this shit you know what i mean so it's all right now it's this build now let's see where they go from here so what about you mike um yeah i mean at this point like i, I don't see them like if he shows up for like for the pay-per-view it's just going to be like an appearance type thing uh maybe setting up for like a rivalry for like SummerSlam or something but i don't see them shoehorning him into the pay-per-view at this point without him even showing up like properly on raw yet. Yeah. I think, I think maybe, I think he's going to make, finally make his appearance like a SummerSlam. That's my kind of prediction. I think. All right. They're going to stretch it out all the way to SummerSlam. Yeah. I don't know if they go quite that far. I think they might have his first match on SummerSlam, but I feel like he'll start stalking and torturing someone to lead up to SummerSlam. Oh, Either way. Yeah. And speaking of setting up <laughs> matches, too, I, I don't know if you – did you guys catch that uh, they kind of teased Shinsuke versus uh, Finn for the IC title? Ooh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I hope that plays out pretty well. So that's a that's kind of a precursor to the hot storyline. So I, I got two in here for the hot storylines, and one I thought was kind of a dead storyline, but then you sprinkle in a little Undertaker, and boom, Shane Drew and Roman is back on the map. Uh, you know, I kind of I kind of like the way this was going. And then, you know, right before they had the match at Stomping Grounds, I kind of kind of got cooled off on it a little bit. But then uh, they actually had a really good match at Stomping Grounds. I, th- I thought Roman and Drew McIntyre actually did 
did a really good job and Shane was a nice foil on the outside. I, I, you know, I was kind of live tweeting with people during that match. There's a one guy that said something about, Oh, Shane, you know, Shane pulled out the referee. How's that not a disqualification? I'm like, dude, it's Shane McMahon. His dad owns the freaking company. Like what, like why, why are you getting butthurt about this? Like, did you ever watch during the attitude era? Like how many times did, Vince pull a referee out of the ring when right. Stone Cold Steve Austin it was, was. It was like a given. Yeah, every every match. <laughs> so I, did anybody else think that like I, I don't think the ref got really hurt, but he did a really good job of selling. Yeah, like his knee. Yeah. Like I honestly thought like for a second he like legitimately like kind of hurt his knee like when Shane pulled him out. Even though I don't think he did, but I thought that was kind of a good job by him. Yeah, and when the refs right. sell better than the entire NXT roster. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny No Cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody, nobody will ever know what we're talking about. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> but speaking of things that, speaking of keeping it kayfabe though, and talking about surprises, who knew the Undertaker was going to show up on Raw? There was no yeah. reports that the Undertaker is going to be on Raw. Yeah. He just literally appeared in the middle of the ring and choke slammed the shit out of Shane McMahon, and yeah. I marked out because. <laughs> I am always a big Undertaker fan. Always have been. And uh but when he shows up like that and it's a surprise, I love it even more. I love the yeah, Undertaker. Yeah. And his that's the funny thing. So Mike, so I had texted Jason about the whole Drake Maverick thing, the Hornswoggle mm-hmm. comment. I thought I was like, Oh my god, are you watching Raw? And he's like, What, something good happened? I said, No, no, I said just our truth is called Drake Maverick uh, Hornswoggle. And then literally like five minutes later this happens and I said, Well, something just happened. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. What it sucks, like it was raining real bad, so like my direct TV, like was like signal was losing because of the rain, and then so literally Shane was going to the top rope, and then it, like was glitching. Then all of a sudden, I heard it was like half screen, and I hear the Undertaker. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? What the fuck? Is this? That, dude, that, um, that that wasn't the rain. That was the Undertaker affecting your satellite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this now. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to the big dogs going up against Shane and Drew. Oh, they, are, they already have a tag team name. They're the big dogs. Oh, my I'm God. Gonna, no, I, I was going to say, no, you didn't really do that to my TV. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, keeping kayfabe alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the other hot story, I was actually really surprised when Samoa Joe attacked Kofi Kingston on Raw. But I was a very happy surprise because that's awesome. So Joe drops the title to Ricochet, which I thought was a really good match on on Stomping Grounds. Probably one of the one of the best matches on Stomping Grounds. So Joe drops the title to Ricochet, and now he's immediately back in the world title picture, going up against Kofi Kingston. I thought it's another good foil for Kofi, another great villain for him to go up against, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm I'm hoping they tear the house down. Yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, I know we've been talking about where's Kofi going from here. And I kind of hope, I know people like Kofi as a champion, but I kind of hope this is almost Joe's time. I don't know what you guys think, but. Oh, I've been waiting for it to be Joe's time since like when he was feuding with AJ. So. Yeah, I really, I really hope, kind of hope they put the title on him, honestly. 
Yeah. As much as I love Kofi, I mean, but then have Kofi chase after. Keep the feud going. For yeah. the love of God, have a feud longer for a month or two yeah. months. Like, have a title change and then have Kofi get it back at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, let's make this a, you know, fucking good feud. <laughs> I agree with you. But the thing is, that, but then they'll make it a good feud and then people will be like, oh, this is boring. Joe and Kofi for the third pay-per-view in the row. Oh, uh. <laughs> Like, mm. dude, if they're good matches, who gives a shit? I want Roman Reigns. Like, <laughs> listen, listen, Sam, calm down. And that's the thing I loved about yeah. Dol- Dolphin Kofi. And yeah, they had the they had what two, three, three shows in a row. They had matches, but they were all good matches, and they were all different. And that the cage, pro- the cage like the match noise. they had was really good. I loved how it ended. Oh, dude, that ending was fantastic. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about. Like, if if. The only way it could have been a little bit better, and I understand, like, it, it, it's you're in the moment and it's kind of hard to do. I would have liked it if Dolph, like, would have had, like, 90% of his body out and then Kofi did it. Because, like, Dolph, like, had, like, maybe one hand out. And I understand it's that's a hard spot. Like, you just kind of got to do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But maybe if, like, Dolph was, like, literally, like, <laughs> one foot, even if he had one foot on the ground and then Kofi did it. Might have been a little bit better, but I mean, I still, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I still marked out for Kofi. Like, I mean, you've never seen that. Yeah. The <laughs> you've always seen him, you've, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've always, it's always, he was dragging and dragging, and finally he's like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. And you've never <laughs> seen it. So I guess that was pretty cool. But. Yeah, definitely. All right. So those are the hot storylines for this week. So we're gonna move on. We're gonna give our award for the match of the week. So out, up until about. Uh, 10 minutes before we recorded this podcast, the match of the week was going to go to Ricochet and AJ on Raw because they had a really good match. And and really, Ricochet and Joe had a really good match. So Ricochet, honestly, has been on fire lately. But I have to give match of the week to the match I just watched on NXT between Lo Shirai and Shayna Baszler. First ever women's cage match on NXT. And they're not getting this award because it was the first ever women's cage match. The reason why they're getting this award, and this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, so if you haven't watched the match yet, if you don't want to know what happens, maybe pause the pause the podcast, go watch the match, and come back and listen to the rest. But uh, Lo Shirai uh, was... Uh, about to get the win when Shayna Baszler's friends came out and they were basically stopping her from escaping the cage. I think this match could only win. You could only win if you escape the cage. So it was like an old school cage match for one. So that, which that I like, which I like better. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I do too. So one, you get, you get one check there. So you have this moment where they're stopping her from coming out. Then you have Candice LeRae come out and absolutely obliterate the other two. Like she slammed one against the cage. Then she, like Spider-Man scaled the cage and kicked the other one off of it. I it was like Jessamine Duke and I forget the other girl's name. I don't know. I'm bad with that because they're not on enough and I don't watch NXT enough. But anyway, and then she's on the top of the cage with Lo Shirai and does a cross body off the top of the cage on Shayna Baszler. And then Lo Shirai stands up and does a moonsault off the top of the cage onto Shayna Baszler. So that alone right there was fucking awesome. Just Damn, a visual of, dead. of that. Yeah. So Shayna's on the ground. So <clears throat> Shirai's on her way out of the ring. Shayna grabs her and she, she's trying to go through the door. Shayna grabs her, gets her in the uh, the her, her choke finisher, right? So she's got her in, in this choke in the in the uh, in the ropes, like right with the door as it's open. And at one point 
Lo Shirai takes the cage door and starts bashing the shit out of Shayna's head. But it knocks Shayna out, who falls and lumps over her onto the floor and wins the match. Like, just on a great... Like, if you thought the Kofi and Dolph ending to the cage match was really good, this ending beats it tenfold. Like, it, it was so cool the way it was done. The visuals of it was so awesome. And it was just a lot of fun to watch. So it was a really good match to begin with. And the ending was was done differently than I've ever seen it done before. And I got to give big props to her for not only doing the uh, the moonsault off the top of the cage, but also the, the, end, the ending sequence was really good and it was believable. So... Great it job. Like awesome. Yeah, it sounds like fucking awesome. <laughs> it I was, can't wait to go yeah. back and watch it. It was, it was really good. So I suggest if you haven't got a chance to watch it yet, pull up NXT, watch that match. It, it's 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 a really good ride. So uh, props to them. So uh, the next award we give out is for Tweet of the Week. And I was having trouble with this one because really I hadn't seen much. I think I texted you guys one that was a, a potential nominee, uh, which I don't even remember at this point even I what that remember, was because yeah. it didn't even remember. really stand out. Did you, did you guys see that Becky Lynch changed her profile pic to like – Half her, half Seth Rollins. Yes, that. Yeah, I it's like her props. beard or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that might be Twitter profile of the uh, picture of the week. Yeah, Twitter profile. <laughs> but but the uh, the uh, the tweet of the week, and really this is just going to go for the whole week, is going to go to her beau Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins has really taken to Twitter to kind of stand up for the WWE in a way. And uh, kind of gotten into a little bit of a battle with Will Offspray. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, I saw that. Have you seen mm-hmm. seen some of that? Oh, yeah. So, and, and the way it kind of started, and and I'll get to the what actually won the tweet of the week for him. But kind of what what got it started was uh, there was a um, there was a, a point where Seth said that uh, that the best pro wrestling on the planet. Period. Talking about uh, WWE stomping grounds, he said, "I'm gonna double down on that." Best pro wrestling on the planet. See the Cruiserweight Triple Threat. And that's just one night, one match amongst many. Find anyone else alive uh, that does what I can do as well as I do, as often as I do it, you can't. So there's two things that came out of that. First, Cage Side Seats said, remember when Seth Rollins said WWE had the best pro wrestling in the world? Hashtag WWE Stomping Grounds. And they have a Daffy Duck gif laughing hysterically. <laughs> Seth replied to that by saying, sure do, dorks. After that pay-per-view, I stand by it even more. The crew brought it tonight from top to bottom and all-out effort from every person in the ring and out. And you're still talking and writing about it. And then the other part we got from it was Will Ospreay tweeting, I'm alive. Seth Rollins replied by saying, and this is what wins Tweet of the Week, uh, I'm sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you here, and he just won his first U.S. title tonight. Congrats <laughs> at King Ricochet. Keep working hard, though, buddy. So, yeah, Seth Rollins wins Tweet of the Week. <laughs> so so I, I want to challenge that because you, you're missing the, the complete end of that story. All right. There's a, there's a tweet that followed that from Chris Jericho. Oh, what was Chris? I didn't see that. Jericho replied to it. Someone. Okay. Uh, and he, he says tweets at Seth, and he's like, um, he's like a good few inches taller than you and also bigger than you, and he still does all that. And then has like the side eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's pretty good. So then Wade, you know, Wade Keller, he was he PW yeah. Torch? Yeah, Wade mm-hmm. Keller said, this isn't a good tone. If 
uh, at all if he wants to get people who love good wrestling, regardless of the brand, to feel goodwill towards WWE's strengths and its vocal leader and its vocal leader, buddy, little guy, disappointing character, defining condensation. This is heel Corbin promo content with a like side face thing. So then Seth replied to that. I don't care about goodwill, Wade. I care about respect. And if some kid who thinks he's got it all figured out wants to step to me, then he's going to get patted on the head and sent on his way. And so will you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, this is his gold from him. And then there's another guy. So this, this is a verified Twitter. I don't know who this person is, but it's uh, Jamal Yassim Eagle or something like that. As Seth, I love you, but seriously, dude, dial it down a notch. To which Seth replied, nah, dog, let me dial it up. I've sat back and watched idiots who have no, no clue talk poorly about the place I dedicate my life to every hour of every day. The level I perform at on a constant is untouchable. Time to let them know. <laughs> so Seth has oh just been God. on fire. So, yeah, that, that tweet from Jericho is, is definitely good, but I think the overall just the straight fire coming from Seth Rollins – no pun intended, burn it down, uh, wow. get, gets the Tweet of the Week award. I like that you had to specify the burn it down part so they knew what your pun was. <laughs> I just wanted to say burn it down. I didn't care what the pun was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I don't know, Kevin, you could be the tiebreaker. Do you like the Chris Jericho tweet or are we give it to Seth? Oh, man. I kind of like the Chris Jericho tweet. Damn it. Oh, right. damn. Yeah, bitch. I, I'm sorry. I mean, stuff's good, but... That's a good. I don't know. All right, all right. Well, but we'll we'll give it to the majority. Majority. Well, it's it's your show. Give it to however you. (laughs) He has a point. We're just here for because we need someone to talk to. So yeah, you're the one that types out. You're the one that types out the run sheets and everything. You just you just over just, watch, over, just overrule me, Vince. Okay, next, fine. next week, next week he's gonna watch you to say some shit about uh, what town you're in and how awful they are. And how they have to wear a gas masks. It smells like shit. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to overrule you both. Seth Rollins wins Tweet of the Week because of his amazing Twitter rant, rants over the last week. So, uh, <laughs> all right. We're going to move on to close the show. Hey, Kevin, I thought you were going to ask us questions tonight. What oh, yeah, to yeah. That? yeah. Our, our yeah, historian, so- who we usually ask questions to, said he wanted to ask us questions, but then never asked it. Oh, well, I don't know. We, you know, I just... Love listening to you guys argue each other, and you know, it's just, <laughs> you forget about things. So, all right. All right so, I, I have at least one question. You guys can both answer. Or See who gets it, it first. Okay. Yeah, or whatever. Okay. So, who was the first ever heel to win a main event at WrestleMania? Holy shit. First ever heel um... to win a main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> Was it the uh, Macho Man? No. Damn. <laughs> Interesting. He was, a, he, was a, he was a face when he... Oh, okay. All right. See, Wait, the problem you. is, like, I have, like, an idea, but the problem is I don't know... Because WWE back then didn't do, like, really, like, a lot of face versus face. I, I, I will give you a hint. It took more than a decade. Okay, oh, so that, oh, that definitely not my answer then. Um, it took a long time. First heel to win, and you said the main event, or just in general? Yeah, just the main the main event. Yeah. So, like the world title at the like the yeah, or I mean even okay. well, even even a uh, decade. You know, I'll give you an example. So it wasn't WrestleMania 11 because Lawrence Taylor 
beat Bam Bam in the main event. So technically, Lawrence Taylor was a face. Bam Bam was a heel. So that wasn't for a world title. Right. So, right. you know, not every main event's been for the world even title. Though, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I know what it is. You might as well say it because I don't. Triple H. Yep. When he defeated The Rock and uh, the, the Fatal 4-Way. Yep. Yeah. It's a big show and McFoley. Uh, um, because I, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking it might have been Steve Austin in the double turn, but that was that was like what a year after. Yeah, the next year, but that, but see, technically he was a face when he going won. into the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's only been that's and my follow up was that. So there've only been three heels to win main events at WrestleMania. Do you know the other two? So the other two, and they and they were and they were both recent in the last, uh, I'll say ten WrestleManias. Well, there was the Maze when he beat yep. John, when he beat John uh-huh. Cena. Yep, and then the other one was very recent. Very recent, I think. Brock Lesnar. Yep, That's yeah, I guess guys. he's what won about, multiple. So <laughs> what about what about hold on? But what about Seth? Because Seth was a heel when he beat Brock with yeah, the Money okay, in the Bank. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Also, like, weird. would we also include because at the time of when they like started the undisputed championship and had that like, like almost tournament like style match, um, Jericho wasn't his final match to win both titles the, the main event, and he was that, that was that was uh, that was uh, vengeance. Yeah, that it wasn't was WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, good job, guys. Oh, thank you. And you know, it's funny about that. So Mike and I, when we do this for Kevin, we have to like scour the internet to find like obscure questions. Kevin probably just pulled that shit out of his ass and yeah. just already knew the answers I, before he asked them. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I literally, I literally just was thinking it off the top of my head. So. But 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 that's what's crazy is that maybe people think, especially when it comes to WrestleManias, that so we can basically say four heels because you know, I forgot about Seth. Yeah, but of all the WrestleManias, only four heels have won the main events, and it took sixteen WrestleManias for a heel to win. That's crazy. So, always bet on the face. All right, <laughs> unless Brock Lesnar's right. the champ. Right, <laughs> Brock Lesnar's the main event. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, hopefully you made it to the end of the show, and we really appreciate you listening. Thank yeah, you. Hopefully, you came, hopefully you're not watching the NXT match and you came back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully if you did pause it to watch the NXT match, you did come back to listen to yeah. the rest of the show. So we thank anybody who listened. We thank anybody who, who shares up the, us with their friends, promotes us. Uh, we've gotten a few more Twitter followers, so that's continuing to grow. So uh, keep, keep sharing us out there. Keep following us. Keep posting our stuff out there and helping us along we really love doing the show but we want to make sure that we're growing an audience and not just you know doing this weekly just for the benefit of us just talking to each other because we could just do that anyway why record it right so (laughs) we like putting our opinions out there we would love for you to share your opinions with us you can tweet at us at live your gimmick that's l-i-v your gimmick and you can also uh you know, check out our Instagram, Kevin. I'm gonna have to get you the Instagram because I want you to take a picture of your create a title belts and get them up there. Okay, yeah, well, I've got so Mike, I I know Jason talked about. I made a like replica title belt for Lily, his daughter, mm-hmm. the women's championship. So I've been doing this. And I've been doing these for months. So 
you, you'll see people, if you go on YouTube, people make like their own title belts all the time. And I see people making them. I'm looking at them. I'm like, God, you guys are like horrible at it. <laughs> like, like, no offense, but like, because basically where I do it, I do it out of like cardboard and duct tape. And I just have them and I have them for like display. But I'm up to quite a few. I mean, a lot. I've, I'm up to WWE Championship. I've got the Planets Championship. I've got the Universal, uh, the Winged Eagle. I've got a bunch of NWA belts. So, and that, I'll get them. after the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna take a picture of the one that he did for my daughter and put it on there, and and you can see. I mean, it, it legit looks really freaking good. So, hmm. all right, all right. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you can uh, you can tweet us, check out the Instagram, at Live Your Gimmick. Uh, you can also find our parent company, Media Junkies, uh, at the... Their- now, wait, hold on a second. If that what? isn't a big loser wrestling fan thing to do, I don't know what else is. Right. So I am <laughs> a, a big loser. Like all of that. I was Let's like, do Kurt. you wear the, the BW3s as you dance to Let's Shawn go, Michaels' music? Yeah. Let's go, no, Kurt. I, 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 I wrestle my kid's teddy bear, you know. Like, <laughs> pretend, I, pretend I'm champion. Uh, let's go Kev let's go Kev so you can follow us at Live Your Gimmick you can follow our parent company Media Junkie at Media Junkie Vids Uh, you can also find them on Instagram at the same handle you can also check out the YouTube channel which is um, Media Junkie Vids and you can also tweet at well really any of us individually we have Kevin at Kevin underscore weekly which Weekly is spelled with an L Y, not an E Y. <laughs> you can also text. You can also tweet Mike at Called Aggressor and at Please don't me text at me. JT. Yeah, don't text, <laughs> text him. <laughs> Mike, do you have anything Mike's, you want to promote Mike's, this Mike's week? phone number is seven three five. I just want to. I want to start a hashtag. Fuck Sam Roberts. All right. Yeah. Who's the Sam Roberts you speak of? I, I surely did not imitate the yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. So I'll end this the way I do every week. So please remember to be a fan and never forget to live your gimmick. Thank you. Goodbye.